you, Jesus. God, this is how we fight our battles, Father. Thank you so much, Jesus, for who you are. Thank you, Lord. Today, Lord, we call upon your name. Every day we call upon your name. And in that time when we have battles to fight, we call upon your name. Father, because with you that, Lord, we have a breakthrough. And because of you, we have a breakout. And we just thank you right now for all that you've done. We thank you for your presence that's in this house right now. And we bless you and we honor you, sir, for all that you've done, all that you're going to do. Bless this message today in Jesus' name, that we might hear the word, Father, that you've given in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Amen. Amen. Anybody need a breakthrough? Anybody need a breakout? Right? There's a process. That just shocked me. Good gracious. Um, in uh, Psalms 51, 17, we first of all, breakout, we're going to have a, have a breakout. But in Psalms 51, 17, it says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh, God, you will not despise. You see, the Jews, every time they, they came to God and brought God something as their sacrifices, it really was something that he gave them. They were giving it back. But when we come to God with a contrite heart and a broken spirit, that's something that is ours that we give to him. That's something that we have that we give to him. And so, and we all, we all want a breakthrough, but I think we have a misunderstanding what a breakthrough is, and I'm going to explain that in a minute. But there's something before and after. Before a breakthrough, there has to be a breakdown. And after the breakthrough, there, has to, there can be a breakout, but only because of the breakthrough. And if it's done the way that God needs it to be done, and we're in his will to do so, the breakdown. So I want to talk to you just a minute about, first off, about the breakdown. Proverbs 16, 18 and 19. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. See, that scripture's quoted so wrong all the time. Everybody says, pride cometh before a fall, but that's not what that scripture says. Pride cometh not just before a fall, pride cometh before destruction. Pride will destroy you. And then a haughty spirit before a fall. See, you get a haughty spirit, and then after you get a haughty spirit, then you become prideful. And um, it's better to be lowly in spirit and among the oppressed than to, be, to, than to share plunder with the proud. So here's the thing. It's a whole lot easier for us to, 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 to be oppressed a little bit and... Uh, not have, not have that pride than it is to be prideful and have all the, all the great things because that pride will destroy everything you have and destroy yourself. See, pride is the one thing that kicks Satan out of heaven. Pride, that's the reason that, that, that Satan got kicked out of heaven is because of his pride thinking, I can do this better than God. I can take over. I have enough influence that I can get a coup up and we can take this thing. And you, you know how that worked. You know, Paul was a great example of, of how to be humble in, in Christ. In 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10, I preached on this 
um, earlier in the year. But, but it's, the scripture says, And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of my revelations, the thorn in my flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. See, Paul knew. You know, I have a lot of knowledge. Paul had a lot of knowledge of, of Christ. He knew, he knew all about Jesus. He knew the ins and the outs. He knew about the gospel of Christ. And he had all kind of revelations from Jesus. All kind of revelations from God. And sometimes he realized, you know what? Why do I have this? Because of the fact that it, he knew that the pride would, would, would overwhelm him and he would become prideful and be of no help to, to, to God, no help to Jesus if he walked around with that pride of I know it all, I'm all that, you come to me, I am Paul. You know, like he is especially somebody. And he, he even got to the place where he said, listen, I'm the chiefest of sinners. I'm no better than anybody. He was very humble in his knowledge. He walked in humility in his knowledge. And he says, concerning the thing that I pleaded with the Lord three times and that, I might, that it might depart from me. And um, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. So whenever we come to God and we come to him and we give him our all in humility, his grace will be sufficient for us for strength made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distress, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And so you see, he's saying, I'd rather boast that, you know what, hey, I don't have it all together. i still got some issues. I'd rather boast in what I don't have and let God make up the difference rather than make everybody think that I had all the power, that I had all the authority, that, all the, that, that I am the, the chosen one, you see. But the thing is, is he was very humble. Paul was a very humble man and walked in humility, and that's why God was able to use him so much. You see, you know, the, um, and, and for us to have that, 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 that breakthrough, before we can have a breakthrough or, or break out, we ha that things have to be broken, you know, in Scripture. The disciples had 12 baskets of bread left over. Before he, they got 12 baskets of bread, those little five loaves of bread were broken, and then they were blessed. Mary went to the Pharisee's house at the feet of Jesus, and she broke her alabaster box, and then she was blessed with a word from the Lord. Jacob, um, got, you know, he, he, he went and... and wrestled with God and his his hip was thrown out of joint and punched in the socket right and that ligament right there and it was broken out of, out of out of place and then he was able to have a new relationship with God he got that was all about pride as well he was so prideful because of the fact that he had you know I have the birthright and he walked in that for a while then he got to a place of hunger where he realized this is not where I need to be at I need to be in a place of humility he got to the place of humility God punched him in his socket that it broke that and so then he was able to walk away with a, a fresh relationship with God, and even a new name. They called him Israel, right? Um, and so uh, then the resurrected Jesus Christ himself, he, he was, his body was broken before the blessing can come. Matter of fact, um, his broken body was, was proof that he was a Messiah. After he raised from the dead, what did he say? He said, look at my scars. Look at, he showed the broken part of his body um, to prove that he was a Messiah. Paul, Paul, matter of fact, in Galatians 6 and 17, says, Finally, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. See, Paul, we, see, we don't have to go through this. You know, we're not going to have to 
most likely, unless you live in a third world country, get beat up for serving Christ. Not yet, anyway. Probably it's going to come before too long. They're going to come marching in here and try to take me out, right? Um, but here's the thing is, but Paul was beat, was whipped, was torn up, was left for dead. He had all this stuff. He, his body was battered and bruised and cut for serving Christ, for standing up for Christ, for walking that faith. He had those bodies. He said, listen, I've got, I've got proof that I, that I serve God. I've got proof of, of who I serve, you know. And so we don't have to do that. And he still fought. Even though he had all that happen to him, he still fought to stand up and do the right thing. But, but we have someone talk about us because we're a Christian. We have someone call us a name. We have someone do something wrong to us or, or makes us feel bad or offends us. And we're ready just to give up and quit. We need that breakdown to push us through the breakthrough. That's why Paul tells us in 1 Peter 4, 12, and 13, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial that you're suffering. That painful trial that we suffer, that is the breakdown. When we go through that, that's the breakdown. And I'm not talking about a mental breakdown or an emotional breakdown. I'm talking about a spiritual breakdown of our reliance on Him. Um, so it says, this is something strange to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when the glory is revealed. So we, we need to rejoice in the fact that we go through stuff for Christ, that we're having a hard time, that we're going through trials and tribulations, because it's making us stronger, and we can be overjoyed um, whenever we get to that place. That makes me think, I love that song by Stevie Wonder, Overjoyed. And I just think about that song whenever I think about that right there, about how overjoyed it will be. You know, and but Christians, I don't want to go through a breakdown. I don't want to have to deal with troubles and trials and tribulations. But the, the, the same Christians will go to a gym to work out to break your muscles down so you can build them back up. The same people will go to the military, you know, whenever I was in the military. The whole, I, I tell people when they first go to the military, the whole, the whole point of military boot camp is to break you down and build you back up the way they want you. And, that, and that's, what, that's what this breakdown is all about. It's to break away, to break away all the sin off of our life and break all this stuff down in our lives that's wrong so God can build us back up and renew our mind the right way. So we, we know, but we don't want to go through that. But in other areas of life, we don't mind it. Whenever you're trying to, whenever you're, you are um, trying to lose weight, you, 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 you have to break down different chemicals in your body so you, so you can be rebuilt back up because there's so much unhealthiness in us a lot of times. You see, there's, um, we have to get a different perspective when we, we, we get a different perspective when we realize that the breaking, the breaking down of us really builds us up in, in the long run and helps us to get the breakthrough. So if, once you're broken down, the breaking down positions you in a place for the breakthrough to happen. Okay. Now, see, before Esther could save the Jews to, um, from being killed, she had to position herself in a place in, in, in the um, king's palace. See, before Zacchaeus could see Jesus, he had to position himself in a tree to be able to see him. You know, before the, the disciples could catch the, the, the fish that they needed to do, they were going through, they were breakdown of we can't catch no fish. And so before they could have the breakthrough, they had to position themselves on the right side of the ship. That Jesus told him to be on. Before Peter could walk on the water, he had to position himself outside of the boat. The woman with the issue of blood, you know, she had to position herself in a place to touch the hem of, her, of his garment. Before we get out of debt, we've got to position ourselves to change our spending. Before we lose weight, we've got to position ourselves to, for healthy eating. Before we grow a church, we've got to position ourselves with systems and structure to put us in a position that we need to be at so we can be prepared for the breakthrough. 
Amen. Does that make sense? And so we got to be in the right position. And the breakdown puts you there. Because what, time, what happens 10 times out of 10? When we go through pain, trial, and tribulation, and struggles, all the stuff, what happens? We turn and position to Christ, right? That's why. That's why we can't never have a breakthrough when we're not turned to Christ. Because when, when we're on the mountaintop, we tend to want to do it ourselves. And we're not in the position for the breakthrough. Before you have a breakthrough, you have to position your feet, I mean yourself, at the feet of Jesus in full submission and full dedication to Him. Before Jesus can, rec- before Jesus can reconcile us back to God, He had to have a breakdown on the cross. There was a, there was a breakdown, and all the sin of the world was put on Him. You know, and then, and then He had to be risen from the dead to break through so He could break out of the tomb. So we have to have a place of humility, a place of total surrender before we can have the breakthrough. But everybody wants to to just have a breakthrough right away. We don't want to wait. We don't want to have a breakdown. I just need a breakthrough. I don't want to go through nothing to get it. I just want to be able to break out of here. So let's talk about the breakthrough a little bit. So what is a breakthrough? It is a passage through some barrier or through something that is blocking your progress. From the human perspective, we have medical breakthroughs. We break through speed barriers, and we break through social, um, um, social breakthroughs. Um, we all love the breakthrough. The greatest barrier that we have to break through is breakthrough sin. That is a barrier that is before us. Jesus, Jesus broke down on the cross, and Jesus raised him from the dead, and he broke out of that grave. Isaiah 59 and 2. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear you. When we're walking in sin and we're constantly living in sin and we're not, we have not repented of our sin, we cannot expect to have the breakthrough. God is not going to bless that. we got to get in a p- position of surrender and repentance before we can have that breakthrough. But if you want to receive Christ, the way you receive Christ is get in the position of repentance and then you can receive him. Hebrews 10, 19 and 20. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that, his, um, that is his body. See, what happened was there was a breakdown on the cross, and then God Almighty broke through the veil so we can go in and experience his presence and break out into the Holy Spirit being in our lives. See, Jesus told the disciples that they were going to have a breakthrough. He told them to go to the upper room that you have a breakthrough. I've, there's been a breakdown, and now there's going to be, I, I've risen from the grave, and now there's going to be a breakthrough. Acts 1 and 8, as he spoke about the power that they would receive when the Holy Spirit would come upon them. Acts 2 and 38 talks about that breakthrough, and that we should be seeking that breakthrough. They were, we had to wait for that. There was a lot of people that was not, that was not willing to wait for the breakthrough. You know, there's a whole lot of people that was in that room that went there originally, but there's only 120 at the end that really waited for that breakthrough. Sometimes you need to wait and tarry for a breakthrough. That's why, you know, we used to call it back in the day whenever I was little, you know, you would hear your grandma say, you know, you, gotta, you, you, need, you, need, to, you need to pray through, right? Praying through. They were talking about you need to pray through till you get a breakthrough. Um, and so... My first youth group, whenever I was a youth pastor, my very first youth group um, was called Breakers, right? And uh, Kevin was part of that. Pastor Kevin was part of that group. And I, I got that name because of the scripture right here. Micah 2, 13, an amplified version. It says, the breaker, the spirit of the breaker, um, the Messiah who opens the way 
shall go up before them, liberating them. Then they will break out and pass through the gate and go out. So their king goes before them. The Lord is at their head. So what happens, there's a breakdown. And here's where we get everything wrong. We feel like we're supposed to break through. That we got to do something to break through. Our, all we have to do for a breakthrough is position ourselves at the foot of God. Okay? Now, it says the, the breaker, the Messiah, he opens the way. He's the one who breaks through. We don't have to break through. He breaks through. The spirit of the breaker, he breaks through, you know, and, um, and shall go up before them, liberating them, and then they break out. So he breaks through, and all we got to do is just break out. Hallelujah. This brings me to my next thing, the breakout. The breakout. See, God broke into our lives for a purpose. He wanted us to break out. When God wants you to do something in this life, it isn't just for you, it's for us. When God does something for one of us, he's doing it for all of us. So we can all be what? Unified. Because once we get in one mind and one accord, according to the Tower of Bible, there's nothing that we can't do. So as each one of us have a breakthrough, you're having a breakthrough for the unity of us all. And as it regards spiritual things, the problem is that first of many is that we're looking to break through something. But there's no, there's no hope of breaking out until you break through. And as long as you got your hammer trying to break through yourself, your spiritual hammer, it's not going to work. We don't have the power to break through. We have to allow Christ to help us in that. And I don't, I don't you know, you got, we got to also think, because to, to break through, you can break through in the middle of the year. Everybody waits till January. They're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break through in January. It's, it's going to be a new year, a fresh start. We don't have to wait till January to have it. It's just chronologically, calendar-wise, it's a great time to start over. But you know what? Right now, today, you know, July 31st, 2022, you can have a breakthrough. And you can have a restart today. You can have that breakdown right now today in, 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 your, in, your, in your heart and allow and position yourself today for, that, for God to break through so you can break out. Isaiah 43, the Lord says, forget about what has happened before. Don't think about the past. Indeed, look at the new things that I'm going to do. God is doing new things. He is doing so many new things for us. And we got to look at that. We got to quit looking to the past. Paul says, don't look, don't look back to the past. Press forward to the mark for the prize of the high calling. So how do we do that, Pastor Doug? Well, first off, if we're going to position ourselves for that, for that um, breakthrough, so, or, or, or that breakdown so we can have a breakthrough, so God can break through so we can break out, then we, first off, we got to do, is, I'm just going to be plain, we just got to quit making excuses. We got to quit blaming others. We got to quit being the victim and being the vi having the victim mentality. We're, oh, poor me. My life is ruined. Look what they did. Look what they said. Look, look at them. They've lied. They've backstabbed, so on and so on. Paul never made excuses. Paul never made, he always said, I'm going to move forward. He never went back and says, man, I'd be a whole lot further if they didn't give me all them stripes on my back. You know what? I, I, would, I would go ahead and be a whole lot closer to Christ if I wasn't left for shipwreck and dead. You know, all that I went through, you know what? I just can't believe they did that to me. Poor, you know, poor me, poor me. Never did he ever do that. He always was like, you know what? That happened. It happened for Christ. God's going to use it for my blessing. I'm going to move forward. And he, he did not have that victim mentality. And we are so pitiful about ourselves, you know, we're so insecure in who we are that we walk around with this victim mentality that everybody's out to get, uh, get, to get us, everybody's against us, everybody hates us. 
And once God gives you a breakthrough, you know, once God does give you the breakthrough, you can't blame everybody else. Because we're still in the cage of being a victim. God, God, God gives us a breakthrough. Okay, we're in jail. We're in a cage. God comes up and says, you've had a breakdown. You've positioned yourself in front of me now. So I'm going to open a door. He opens the door up, and we're sitting in the cage. He unleashes the chains. The chains are broken, and we stay in the cage. The door is wide open, freedom to break out, and we're standing there because we're so familiar with our hurt and pain, guilt and shame. We're so familiar with what we have around us, we don't want to leave it. Because we don't want to walk out into something that we're unfamiliar into. We were to say right here, at least I know how this is going to hurt me. I don't know what's going to happen out there. Or I don't want to be hurt again. So therefore, I'm going to stay right here. And Christ has broken through for us, and the breakout can happen, but we're still, we're still walking around carrying dead weight. We're broken free from it, but we're dragging it around. And we can't do that. Proverbs 28, 13. A man who refuses to admit his mistakes can never be successful. But he who confesses and forsakes him will get another chance. He'll get a do-over. So we got to say, God, forgive me for, for, for you breaking through. There's, a, there's probably a lot of people in this room and definitely in this community in the world that has a breakthrough that God's already broken through, and he's standing outside the door like, are you coming? I mean, you've been praying. You've been praying and seeking, you're seeking me to do this. You've been, you've been after me. You've been begging me, pleading me for freedom from these chains, from this past. And then you're going to just sit there? Come on. It's time for us to, to come on and get that do-over and move forward. It's hard to live in a society like this because what happens? Everybody wants to blame somebody else. Well, he said, well, she said, that said, they said, that church, that pastor, those people, those, those, whoever those are. We blame teachers. We blame the environment. We blame economy. We, we blame the government. We blame pastors. We blame politics. We blame the parents. We blame brothers and sisters. Everybody. It's everybody else's fault but ours. It's time that we take our own um, account and say, you know what? Hey, I, I, I was a part of that. And, and what, in marriage, in marriage counseling, you know, one, one thing I'll say is, is talk about that. Sometimes you, if you want something to happen in your spouse, in your relationship, whatever, you know, the first thing, before you try to get them to change, you get, first off, you go get on your hands and knees before God, and you say, God, what can I do to make this better? Let me work on me first. And maybe it's just me. Maybe it's not even them. But let me get me first right, and then I can work on that. So the thing is, is once you get you right, then, then your hands are clear anyway. Then it's just up to God to handle with them. And then you'll, many times you'll find out it was you the whole time. You're like, well, I just changed that, and everything's better now? You know, I was blaming them the whole time for it. And by the way, talking about marriage and stuff, we do have some newlyweds in here. We have um, Evan and Brittany got married yesterday, so we're so excited about that. So let me give you three reasons people fail. One reason people fail is because we don't plan ahead. You've heard this in any, if you've been to any kind of leadership conference, you've heard this. If we plan to fail, if, if we fail to plan, we plan to fail. Proverbs 20 and 7, a sensible man watches for problems and prepares to meet them, but the fool never looks ahead and suffers the consequences. See, we walk, in this, we walk into this world and we wait until we fall into a trap before we start praying. We wait till, we wait till something bad happens before, before we really wait, try to get the breakdown and the breakthrough. Whereas we need to go ahead and advance and go ahead and be praying, God, here's my weaknesses, Lord, so I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you shore up that part of my life. 
I pray right now, God, I got an issue with this, and I got an issue with that, and I, this person is saying this to me, this person is saying that right now, so I can tell right now that the enemy is going to try to use that against me, Lord, to try to break me down. So therefore, right now, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke that, I rebuke that thought, I rebuke the enemy and, and that situation, and we go ahead and take authority ahead of time and go ahead and plan. And then also, the other planning is, when you are inside and you feel like you're, 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 you're trying to break out of something, you need to go ahead and plan. Don't wait till the door opens to go out there and say, okay, huh, now what do I do? Go ahead and say, God, when you free me of this, what's, what, go ahead and start thinking, God, when I get free of this, here's what I'm going to do. When this happens, when I have the finances, here's what I'm going to do. When I have the peace of mind, here's what I'm going to do. When, I have, when you open this door, here's what I'm going to do. You know, there was, a, there was a man in the Bible that God talks about that went to go build a tower and didn't realize he didn't have enough money to finish it. That's poor, poor planning, right? There was a man, listen to this, there was a man in the Bible who, who, who lost a battle because he didn't count how many soldiers he had. We're going to go fight, man. I'm going to take them out, man. Well, good. How many people you got with you? Uh, I don't know. Well, we're going to go kill them, though. We're going to take them out. What? You, you can't, you can't, you, got, you can't do that. Noah had a, anywhere from 80 to 100 years to, 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 to build the boat, the ark. He had the plan. He didn't go out, go build the ark. He just didn't go start chopping down trees and say, okay, well, let's just start. I mean, he had plans. God gave him a blueprint of how big and how wide and how tall it needed to be. But we don't have a plan. But you know what? You know who does have a plan? The devil. He's always got a plan. He's got plan A, B, C, and D. Last night on, on Facebook, I saw um, Ricky Meeks, and he's, he's been having some health problems and stuff. And he said, all, he, he said on there, he said, right, here's, here's some wisdom for Mr. Ricky Meeks. He said, always have a plan B. <laughs> you know, and that's so much wisdom. That's, that's biblical. We always got to have, have an, another way to, to God, if, if, if my plan A is not right, then your plan B can become my plan A. Amen? That was good right there. Praise God. Because, you know, just number two, because we don't listen to others is another reason we fail. Proverbs 15, plans fail without good advice. We don't want to listen to God's advice. We don't want to listen from the Bible advice or, or uh, pastors or uh, anybody that, that's around you that you're looking to, you know, because we feel like we got this because we have an ego. And ego is edging God out. We feel like, God, I got the edge on you on this right here, and I, and I know what to do. You know, I heard someone say one time, said that uh, a guy that gets too big for his own britches will eventually be exposed in the end. <laughs> Amen. And then, and then, and then my, my spiritual mom said this right here. She said, a person wrapped up in himself, I love this, a person wrapped up in himself is a very small package. See, when we think we're all that and we wrap ourselves up like we're some kind of gift to God and everybody, people, you know, God's like, there's nothing to that. That's a very small package. And number three, we give up too soon. Proverbs 24 and 10. If we give up when trouble comes, it shows that we are weak. Every time the enemy comes and we just give up, I just quit. I can't do it. This is too much. God, I can't take this. I'm overwhelmed. I'm so anxious. I'm so fearful. All this. And we just give up rather than trying to push through it. It shows that we are weak. And it's not talking about that when we are weak, we, that he is strong. Because when, when we are weak, he is strong means that weakness means we give it all to God. But over, the weakness I'm talking about is where you just give up and quit. We quit too soon. See, the thing is, is that, do you know, uh, uh, the winner, in a, in, a, in a fist fight, the winner is a winner because if he fought or she fought one second longer than the loser did. The loser gave up. 
And the, 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 the winner might have wanted to give up, but they fought one second longer, so therefore they're the ones that are the champion. We quit praying too soon. We give up too soon. We think we know God's timeline, so we can pray, and we know when to stop praying, because at this point, I feel like he's not going to do it, so therefore I'm going to stop. Number two, take inventory. We need to take inventory and take stock in our lives. You know, because whenever we lose something, all we focus on is what we lost. But we need to take focus on, you know what, yeah, I lost a friend, but look how many friends I have left. You know, I failed a test, but look how many tests I passed. God, you didn't answer this prayer, but dear Jesus, look at all the prayers you did answer in my life. It's all perception. We're looking at the negative things. We're looking at the negative things rather than taking stock and taking inventory of all the great things that God is doing for us. One bad thing that happened, and we want to, you hear me all the time, but you want you focus on your fuel. You know, we're all, the whole time we're focusing on the negative. We're focusing on what happened and what the bad things was and what we lost rather than all that we gained. Sometimes you have to lose to gain. So what are my options? What are my talents? What, can I, what are my assets? What are the constants in my life? Galatians 3 and 4, Paul says, You have experienced many things. Whose, I mean, were all those experiences wasted? I hope not. So here's the thing. You know, you've all had experiences in your life. You will fail or succeed on your experiences based if you learned anything from them. If you have an experience and you didn't learn nothing, you're going to fall right back into the same trap. If the enemy comes at you this way, that way, or the other, and you, and, and you don't learn from how he came at you, like I talked about last week, remember? I said, go back and find out the off-ramp that you took before you had a train wreck. How did you derail in the first place? So if you don't learn, oh, this is where I derailed at, I don't need to get off that path anymore, then you're going to end up not learning from your experiences, and it's going to be wasted. Some of your experiences are faulty. You've had people in your life tell you that you're nothing, that you're nobody, that you're useless, and you have all these false experiences, and they're true experiences in your life, but when you start reading the Bible, start coming to church, you realize those were faulty experiences. You don't need, that what you need to learn from those experiences, that that was not of God, that is not true, and I don't have to receive that. Act in faith is the next one. Accor, um, Matthew 9 says, according to your faith... May it be done unto you. And we talked about faith last, last week, about having, you know, our, our, uh, our uh, faith confessions. You know, and if you say, this year's going to be a bummer, oh, it's going to be a bu- bummer. If you say, I can't do that, you never will. If you say, I don't think I'm going to be able, nope, you're not. Because you've already made up in your mind that you can't or you won't, so therefore we don't, never will. You, we've got to have that positive thinking, you know, and you've got to start thinking and talking the way and talking in faith because if you're talking negatively, it's not going to happen because if you say, you know, hey, it's just never going to happen, you've already given up. You've already quitting. When you say stuff like, nothing good ever happens to me, you know what? And it never will because you're not looking for the good because you've already made up in your mind that bad things only happen to you. Real success is built on failure. You know, uh, um, John Maxwell um, wrote a book called Failing Forward, you know. You know, the, the very first iPhone, when you look back now, you would think, well, that was a failure. But no, they may have made that one at that point. It was a success, but then all of a sudden they realized a whole bunch of ways of how to make things better. You know, PC, 
failed, so they made, they made an, uh, an Apple iMac. Android failed, so they made iPhones. It's not failure, it's a learning curve. They'll know better next time. They'll sell out and get, may start making apples or something, I don't know. But you've got to move forward despite the, um, the fear in your life. See, Moses um, was, was leading the Egyptians out of bondage of 400 years, and they were being chased by the Pharaoh's army. And they thought, they were sitting there in front of this big old, this big old Red Sea. Moses is sitting there like, hey, maybe we, we can't go over it. We can't go under it. I guess we're going to have to go around it. But they, they had already had their breakdown. They're sitting there. They positioned themselves in the right place. And what happened? God gave them a breakthrough. He made it dry ground. Again, he did the breakthrough. You notice they didn't do it. He made the breakthrough, and then they were able to break out. So if you have Red Sea problems, just keep walking. Refocus is the next one. We have to refocus. Even in August 2022, you don't have to wait for a new year, a new birthday, or a new day, beginning of a week. You can refocus at any point in time you want. Proverbs 4.23, be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. So you thought I'm just saying, you got to speak positive. That's just some kind of mystical thing. Scripture tells you, you are shaped by your thoughts. Your thought, listen, have you heard that your thoughts and actions in the past have created who you are today? Everybody's heard that? Okay. So guess what that means? Your actions and your thoughts today are already creating your future. So go ahead and be thinking about how your future wants to be today. Don't just keep on doing on just the way you're doing because you're creating, you're staying in a, in a, in a, in a, a muddy water of your future going to be the same way. Because the way you think determines how you feel. The way you feel determines how you act. What you focus on, you fuel. Don't try to change your, your, your don't try to change the feelings by themselves. You have to, you have to do different actions. If you continue to do the right things, the right emotions will always follow. But you got to keep doing the right things for the emotions to finally come. Because when old patterns are broken, new worlds emerge. There's a whole new world out there. Um, Psalms 1 says, Happy are those who are always meditating on God's word. They are tree, like trees along a river that do not dry up. They succeed in everything that they do. See, the thing is, is that, that, that word meditating scares people. Meditation is just thinking on something. It's not a spooky thing. It means to focus or concentrate on something. What, where people get a, away from it and they do all this kind of crazy stuff, they are, they are meditating on the wrong things. There is no such thing as a manifestation. If you want to say manifestation, you speak those things not as other were, but you, can't, you don't have the ability to manifest something. It's only Christ in us and through us can do that. So we've got to meditate on the right things and then trust. Finally, trust. Um, trust God. Depend on Him. Don't depend on yourself. You've proven that you can't do it. Right? I've proven to myself that when I try to do things myself, I make a big hot mess of it. You know, Zechariah 4, 6 says, You will not succeed by your own strength or power, but by my spirit. King James says, Not by, my, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. It's not by us at all. God, Jesus, is the one who makes a breakthrough. So put down your spiritual um, toolkit and quit trying to break through. Position yourself and watch God make a way where there was no way. And he will do that in Jesus' name. Scripture, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is so many people's favorite, favorite verse. 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. The big part there is do not depend on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. We got that down. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He'll direct you. We got that down. But we, for some reason, have to lean on our own understanding. And we can't do that. If you're going to position yourself, because a lot of times, God is going to ask you to position yourself in a place that does not make sense. And if you lean to your own understanding, you ever been, you ever been driving down a road and, and you're like, this can't be it? I know when I go to Taylor and Joseph's house, a lot of times I'm driving and, and, and GPS is turned right here. I'm like, that can't be, that's not the, that can't be the place. There's no way. So I keep going because I know better. That can't be the place because that don't make sense to me. But if I would trust the God's positional system, I would realize that that was the right place to turn. So we got to understand that when God positions us, don't question it. You just face the direction that God has, and that's where the breakthrough will happen. It does not make sense for them to stand at the Red Sea. Oh, I'm going to put you through this. There's nobody in the world ever in time would say, Oh, God's just going to separate this sea before anybody had done it before. He's just going to separate this. We're going to walk across on dry land, dry land. Never said anybody. But they positioned their place in a place that did not make sense that God led them to, and that's when it happened. Amen? So forget your past. Start, start new today. Let it go. All the pain and the hurt, release it today. Start the healing process. Forgive. You can do it, and you can make it. Stop making excuses, take inventory, act in faith, refocus, and trust God. If you put all those together, except for inventory, if you put stock instead of inventory, it all says start. So it's time for you to start today. It's time for you to, to do that. Would you bow your hand, close your eyes? Father, help us today to quit making our own decisions and, and trust in you. We, we, we're so full of ourselves, so full of pride, and we just feel like that we know best. And we're so, we feel like we're so anointed that, that we can walk in that anointing and not in the Spirit. But God, the anointing comes from you, and it can be taken away, Father. That gifting can be taken away. So help us not to try to walk in, on our own abilities and lean not to your own understanding. Get rid of our pride and be humble and position ourselves first for that breakthrough of where you lead us to. And then quit trying to fight and work that out ourselves too. Help us to sit there, put down our spiritual tool bags, and let you make that way there is no way. And then help us to have the faith and the gumption to break out and not sit there in that jail cell, being free from the chains and still sitting there with our pain because we're so used to our pain because we don't want to leave our pain because if we leave our pain Lord we can't blame somebody else for it because it's behind us help us not help us to leave that pain behind and quit blaming other people for it and say God I'm gone now that's behind me that's in the past now that I'm free I gotta quit blaming people I, quit, I gotta quit blaming things I'm free now I don't have to blame nobody because you are my freedom. I'm walking with you now, Jesus. Is there anybody here today who would say, Pastor Doug, I, you know, I, I, I need a breakthrough. I, I've been through some breakdowns in my life, and I'm, I'm ready for a breakthrough. Would you raise your hand? Amen, amen, amen. Who would say, Pastor Doug, 
God has made a way where there is no way, but I'm stubborn and I'm sitting here with my pain and I haven't had the guts to take the step out of the cell and move into freedom. Amen, yep, 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 yep. Amen. Father, I pray blessings on every single person in this room. Father, that they will trust you to make a way where there was no way. And, and then more so than that, that they would leave their pain, their guilt, their shame, their past, and they are free, and they can walk out of that cell into the freedom that you have created for them to walk in, the life, the joy, the peace, the shalom that you have for them in Jesus' name.